Hello, friends. I'm Brian Peart, and I want to welcome you to the Great Awareness Podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians make sense of this world we are in. The goal is to encourage, but never at the expense of truth. We will take the truth found in Scripture and apply it to the real spiritual battles going on today. We will ignore preconceived beliefs, news media noise, and politicians' words, and look at actions, what is really going on. Then use the truth of Scripture to accurately discern the times and how we need to respond. Jesus said in John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that is what we are going to attempt to do with each podcast. Get to the truth so we can live as we've been called. So here we go. Pillar number four of a great life. Today's message is work. Okay, that's the fourth pillar is work. Some may question why I put rest Pillar number three, before work. Wouldn't it make sense to work and then rest? I did it because I think Christians are more worn out than anything else, and they need rest. However, we need to understand how to work correctly so we can have full fruit. So let's talk about work. As a Christian, you must work. It's not an option. If you are retired and listening, you have to get back in the game, serving, whether it's in a ministry or mentoring younger Christians at church. You have valuable knowledge and you need to be productive. We were created to work. From the beginning, it was so. Genesis 2, verse 15, right at the beginning of Genesis, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. Now, this happened before the fall. Okay, a lot of people think work was the curse that man was uh, given after the fall, and it's just not true. Genesis 2 happens right after creation. He puts us in the garden and he, to tend it and keep it. So we all have gardens in our life, our people, our family, our friends, and, and we need to tend it. Um, it's, it's not till Genesis 3, the next chapter over, that um, the punishment for man for eating of the apple comes. And if you read it, I'm, I'm on uh, Genesis 3, verse 17. Then to Adam he, God, said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. So the way I envision it is, you know, prior to this curse, the Garden of Eden didn't have stickers and weeds and all those other things. After it, it did. And, and it's because God now was going to make sure that we toiled some for our work rather than uh, have it something that's completely enjoyable. But work is not an option, okay? Each of us is given a garden. Your family, your house, etc. It's your garden. Even the stay-at-home mom has a garden. That's one of the most important jobs, raising a godly family, supporting a husband. There's greatness there. We must work to support the needs of the garden we have been given. A rent or a mortgage doesn't pay itself. We need to work. In today's environment, with so many job openings, there's no reason a Christian shouldn't be employed. If you are holding out for a job because you don't want to work at something that's beneath you, put that pride on a shelf. Take the door that's open in front of you and then apply what I'm going to go over here and then slay it and God will open other doors that might be more accommodative to you. But as long as you are physically and mentally able to work as a Christian, you need to work. It's out there in the marketplace, in the arena, that God can use you to make a difference. Sitting at home watching CNBC all day is exactly where the devil wants you to be, on the sidelines streaming stranger things instead of in the arena being used by the Lord. 
the lost are not going to church. So even the best pastor in the world can't reach that person, but you can as they watch you work and act differently. And that's the first thing to realize when we approach work. We're working for the Lord, not man. The Lord is our boss. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as if serving the Lord, not man, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. We must go vertical to God for our success and our significance, not horizontal to man. If we're always looking out for the applause of man instead of going up, okay? If we look to other people for our significance, we're making them idols, and we are moving out of sync with the Lord. We're already significant in Christ. We are heirs of the kingdom. We just have to embrace it and live that way every day. So who's your boss? It's the Lord. Even if you are self-employed, in fact, especially if you're self-employed, the Lord is your boss. Your earthly boss may not see you watching live streams or judge duty during the workday, but your real boss sees it. Remember, as Christians, we're ambassadors of Christ. Work every job as if you are the owner of the business and you will always be in demand. You work for the Lord. Don't shirk your work. This is a consistent command over and over again in Scripture. Now, Proverbs has lots of passages about about um, work and, and how to work hard, etc. But But the New Testament is loaded with them as well, like Ephesians 4.28. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. It's a great verse. You're stealing from your employer when you watch TikTok videos while he's paying you to do a job. And it also reminds us of a very important point. If we don't earn income, you can't tithe. You can't give to those in need. We have to look beyond ourselves. Work allows us to meet needs. And that's awesome. How about this one? First Timothy five eight. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Whew. So you're worse than an unbeliever if you're not providing for your household. Or how about this one? Second Thessalonians three ten. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Let me repeat that. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. If this were applied, you wouldn't have welfare. Entitlements are not biblical. They exist because the church is not getting it done. In Acts 2, you had all the believers bringing their wealth and their money and their goods and stuff in and sharing with everyone who had need. They were just a group of people um, bringing it all. It wasn't just about a tithe. It was about bringing everything in, into the storehouse and, and, and everyone there was no lack anywhere. They were getting together. They were praying. They were eating together. And it was this fellowship that was unbelievable. And it, and it changed the world. Um, they, they, thousands came to them on a daily basis. It just exploded. Um, but today, church people aren't even tithing a 10% tithe. Um, and church is, is paying pastors six-figure salaries while all around them there's poor people. We're not getting it done like they did in the early church. The average, when you average all the two billion people, the incomes they have, and, and you average all the money that comes into the church, the tithe figure isn't 10%, it's 1%. If every church out there was going to make 10 times more money than it currently makes, what 
impact could we have on the world? What difference could we make? The church isn't getting it done, not the believers that are in the church or the leaders of the church. And so the government steps in and, and does entitlements and things, but, but the government never does anything well. So there's abuses and fraud and, and just stealing that happens. And, and so think about the parable of the talents. Okay, if you remember the parable of the talents, we've spoken about it in other podcasts here. The Lord gave five talents to one, three to another, and one to the third. And the first took from five to ten. The next person took his talents from three to six. And the third one took his one talent and he buried it in the sand. The master came and he complimented the first two who had doubled. But the one who buried his talents, who shirked his work and did nothing, he called him wicked and lazy. And he cast him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Direct quote. And take the talent. And and he says, take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. Now think about how different that is. Okay. He took the talent from the one who, who didn't have it and took it who didn't do good with it and he gave it to the guy who did the most with it and then the bible says to him who has more will be given and he will have abundance so god wants to give to the ones that will do the most with it he wants to bless those who are working building the kingdom so don't shirk your work do your best and more will be given to you it's a direct quote from scripture you may say brian my boss is bad and he plays favorites and he doesn't reward or or something similar and to that i say work for the lord he's your real boss go above and beyond the longer your reward is withheld from you the better it will be for you Ralph Waldo Emerson in his essay, The Law of Compensation, wrote, If you serve an ungrateful master, serve him all the more. Put God in your debt. Every stroke will be repaid. The longer the payment is withheld in, the better for you. For compound interest upon compound interest is the rate and usage of this exchequer. God is not mocked. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. The law of sowing and reaping is an absolute law. It, it works. It always works. You're not going to be blessed for long if you shirk your responsibility. And conversely, you will not lack reward for long if you always go above and beyond. It's biblical. Even your current employer, even if your current employer doesn't reward you, some other employer will find you. When I first graduated from Florida State, I, I got a job. I was in the hotel restaurant that was my major, and I got a job at a place in Knoxville called Spinnakers. They uh, they recruited me out of college. They paid me, you know, a good salary, and I was up there in Knoxville, Tennessee for a while. And um, I'm working the shift one day, and, and like I've done ever since I started working at 16 as a Publix bag boy, I, I operated as if I was an owner of that place, and I worked the floor really hard. I'm working the floor one night, and the owner of the Applebee's down the street says – come to work for me. I'll pay you 10,000 more a year. I'm like, all right, I'm gone. After that, I, I uh, started a um, multi-level marketing business that failed miserably and I had to pay the bills. So I went back to waiting tables, which I had done back. That's how I put myself through college. And, and I really felt like I was, I felt like a loser to be honest, because I was back doing something that I put myself through college after having the college degree and everything else. So I'm waiting tables, but I still did it with all my heart. I still had the big smile and I still served well. And I'm waiting on tables and the owners of this mortgage company are like, you need to be in the mortgage business. You'll, you'll kill it. All I asked them was, can I wear a suit? Cause I just so wanted to not be waiting tables. And that's the industry that I'm in still to this day, 30 years later, the law of sowing and reaping will always work. If you're not being rewarded where you're at, 
keep giving because someone will notice it and you will be recruited. Okay. It may take a while for you to see the rewards, but they will come. God won't be mocked what you sow that you will reap. And the opposite is true as well. If you shirk your work, you're cutting off your own success. James Allen in his beautiful book, As a Man Thinketh, if you've never read this book, it's from like a hundred years ago. It's a little gem. It, it doesn't take you any time to read it. Um, it, it. You could read it in maybe two hours, an hour and a half, but you could spend you know months thinking on the concepts that he's got in there. In that book, he shared this, and I'm reading now. Here's a man who is wretchedly poor. He's extremely anxious that his surroundings and home comforts should be improved, yet all the time he shirks his work and considers he's justified in trying to deceive his employer on the ground of the insufficiency of his wages. Such a man does not understand the simplest rudiments of those principles which are the basis of true prosperity and is not only totally unfitted to rise out of his wretchedness, but is actually attracting to himself a still deeper wretchedness by dwelling in and acting out indolent, deceptive, and unmanly thoughts. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, the Bible says, for it is the Lord your God whom you serve. He's not mocked. He's a just employer. He will reward you if you just stay solid and give your all to what he puts in front of you. All these passages I've shared testify to it. The law of sowing and reaping exists, and you can either give more and put the law to work in your life for good or do less and put the law of work in your life for detriment, but the law will play out in your life. The reward, whether good or bad, will not be withheld for long. It will come. So working, not shirking or slacking or watching TikTok videos, but honestly working with all your might is good. It will be rewarded. But if you want to touch greatness in your work, really feel the Lord in and through you. Turn your work into a ministry. Be intentional about being an ambassador of Christ. This is where we take it up to 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 greatness, okay? This, this whole podcast is um, the five pillars of greatness. So this is where we take work. And we raise it up a notch. The reason the world is a mess today is that Christians do not look like Jesus. We can sit around and say, oh, the world's gone to hell and all these other things. But the reason the world is a mess today is that Christians don't look like Jesus. The pastor has his job, the missionary his, and we have ours. The people in our sphere of influence that don't go to church or listen to Christian podcasts will not be reached by that pastor. They come across real Christians. That's the only way they're going to reach. They're going to be reached is coming across real Christians living as they are called. We should be so different, so full of joy in our jobs and life that they want what we have. Jesus was all but mobbed by people everywhere he went. People just wanted to be near him. And he looked out on them and saw a field ripe for harvest. We need to not only work, but we need to be about the Lord's work. Be focused and intentional on representing Christ wherever we go. And that includes work. Christianity is not just a Sunday thing. It's an everyday thing. John six twenty seven. Jesus said, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. We will be rewarded in heaven for the lives we touched here for Jesus on this earth. God is our boss here, but he's also the boss in heaven, and we will reap rewards there as well. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight is another verse talking about this, and I'm reading now, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So the work of the Lord is reaching these people for Christ. What does that look like in our life, Brian? What, what does that look like for me? Okay, what does laboring for the Lord look like? So start by being intentional about your life. As you head to work, you remember you are 
going into the mission field. Before you get out of your car or let's say you have a home office, make your home office in a separate room where you have to actually go into it. And before you go into your home office or before you go into your car, pray. Remind yourself that this is more than a paycheck. It's a ministry. If you had a bad morning, lock it in the car. Visually imagine that you're locking that bad thing and leave it in the car. You can pick it up when the workday is over and then walk into that work ready to go. Go in with a smile. Have a good attitude. Remember, each conversation is an opportunity to be on the lookout. I've talked about it before, but my office manager, Mary, she's she answers the phone most of the time when we're there and and she is always on the lookout and and many times I've gone out there and she's on the phone praying with someone someone called up distressed and she she asked them she literally asked them if she can pray for them and and she ends up praying for them right there on the phone they called a mortgage company looking to vent or whatever and they end up being prayed over and prayed for she's always on the lookout for uh someone that she can touch that's the way we need to be. The customers, if that customer is yelling at you, it's a chance to practice grace. The Lord can grow us in our workplace. When I was early on in my, when early on in the mortgage business, um, when I first started this company, people were afraid, like the appraisers, when they had to go and get paid or whatever, they were afraid to even come to me because I was known as someone who could blow up and, and get, and get hotheaded. Um, over time, Mary, that same Mary, will tell you, she's been with me 18 years. She, she tells me that I'm a totally different man today than I was back then. And, and the truth is, maybe, um, as I think through it, maybe I raised my voice once or twice this whole year on the phone. So that's growth, right? That happened through work through growing through time in the word you don't have to be perfect that's what's beautiful about it but you should be growing and that growth will testify to the work of the lord in our lives it's beautiful just our growth will have an impact on people we don't have to be perfect we're never going to be perfect the last time i raised my voice on the phone i remember it it was like a about six, eight weeks ago, someone was was calling out actually my brother on not underwriting something correctly, and I started getting defensive of it. And and uh, Ronnie Ramirez actually, if he's listening to this thing, he 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 said, you know, Brian, you don't have to raise your voice. And I started to, well, I'm on a I'm on a speakerphone, I, I sound louder than whatever. But I had to apologize afterwards, and I realized after that that man, I haven't had to apologize for my behavior in a, quite some time. And so that's a good thing. That's that's growth, okay? And that's the Lord working in me. And then people see that and it changes lives. Work is a great place to grow. And that growth can make it exciting and fun. Even if you're not where you want to be, even if you're in a job that you're not really pumped about, do your best anyway because those doors will open. Put forth the effort anyway. Love God, love others, love your coworkers, love your clients. Be intentional. Be the ambassador you've been called to be. Second Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 kind of wraps this up really neatly. And it's a tithing passage, but it's really, if you think about it, a passage related to how we're to act and, and work. I'm reading now Second Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. The law of sowing and reaping. Here it is again. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, 
for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always will have all sufficiency in all things. May have, and you may have abundance for every good work. That's huge. It's a life passage, not just a tithe passage. If we go above and beyond, if we go into the workplace as a ministry, if we go and put forth effort, if we continue to, to, to pour out and sow, um, God will provide grace and sufficiency in all things for us to handle the responsibilities that are in front of us. Listen, the world needs us to step up, guys. The world's a mess because we don't look like Jesus. You can't go back to to Old Testament times or any of that stuff. We're called to, to be that way today, okay? We need to focus on what the Lord tells us to do. We need to get into the marketplace. We need to be ambassadors for Christ everywhere we go. We need to tend the garden that we've been given, okay? We need to reach others for Christ. This world needs it. They need people that will respond to anger with love. They, they need people that instead of joining a fight against the other side, will listen to the other side. They need people that will go into the workplace and give more work and better work than they're being paid to do, that will go into the workplace and look for opportunities to pray for someone, to give someone a helping hand, to build wealth so that you can give more to people in need, okay? The church needs the Christians to act like Jesus, and we need to do that. You've been given a garden. I've been given a garden, okay? We need to tend our garden. The number one question to ask, ask your wife if you're married, ask your coworkers, ask it consistently is, do you see Jesus in me? If the answer is not yes, then you got work to do, okay? Follow the, these pillars, you know, get up, love God in the morning, go out, love others, okay? You got to work, work with all your might and also rest so that you can work better in those six days, uh, rest in that seventh Go out in the marketplace and applying these things and giving your all. The world needs it, okay? If we don't step up in this critical time, if we don't start making a difference for Christ, you know, it's not going to get better out there, guys. Sitting around moaning about it uh, not being good isn't going to get it done. But if we go into the workplace, if we go into the marketplace and we give 100% and we love on others the way Jesus did, okay, we should walk into a room and it should just be a better room. The, the, the atmosphere should be better. There should be a light there because we've entered it. That's when you're, you're, you're living beyond yourself. You're living for the Lord because he's your boss. And so let's get out there, okay, and live as we've been called and be the ambassadors we've been called to be. Until next time, take care and God bless.